If you can't get enough of the Mixing Music Podcast and want three times the amount of episodes every week, subscribe to our exclusive content for only $4 a month or $40 a year at mixingmusicpodcast.com backslash exclusive. Happy mixing, my friends, and enjoy the show. One, two, three. Hello and welcome back to the Mixing Music Podcast. I'm your host, DK, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Long Leg Lou. <laughs> you know my legs are pretty short. <laughs> you know what? I like the irony, though. I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> so, Chris, the joke is every single episode, I have to think of a nickname for Lou, but I'd never, ever think about it beforehand. And it has to start with the letter L, which well, is already pretty limited. Well, it starts with the letter L. And like one time I, I said, Lou, the chosen one. And, and, uh, but today, this is a good segue into who our guest is, who the heck you are. And who's with your, us today he, is your Chris Graham. What the heck? Oh, That's and, awesome. and Chris, 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 the Chris, Chris, crystallizing Chris, comfortable Chris, <laughs> the, the secret commodity Chris. I like that one. Carolina Chris. Uh, you're not. <laughs> That's weird. Coffee Chris. You're off the coffee. I'm off the. I, I'm it not, pains I'm me sorry. to say that. I'm, I'm over here. Look, coffee. Maybe once there was like maybe, a whole subculture that came in when you were talking about coffee on your show, dude. It's true. Yes, so many people started like roasting their own beans, and I love coffee, but ca- my body does not love caffeine. So, hey, what was it about? It caffeine? takes a real man to like discover truths to like find out. Things don't I mean, work for other people. I, I remember the people. day I realized I couldn't have milk anymore. It wasn't a doctor that told me it was the bathroom. <laughs> I'm really glad. Thank you, <laughs> long led Lou. <laughs> long uh, t- but anyway, our, our special guest today, we have the amazing, the illustrious, the the famed, forever gone down in history in the podcasting world, Chris Graham. Wow. Oh, yeah. Is that, oh, is that a good intro? My narcissism is a big <laughs> fan of you. <laughs> so as, as some of y'all know, Chris Graham um, is the current host of the previous show called Six Figure Home Studio, which is now Six Figure Creative. Um, Chris Graham is a mastering engineer and has had much influence in the mastering world for as far as like website and building systems as he has built Bounce Butler, which is an awesome software um, to help you automate bounces so you can actually go home, eat dinner with family, or do other things while you let stems or your sessions bounce files for you. Um, Chris also has, uh, was you were one of the first people to have a website where there was a before and after playback system built into your website you had to hire devs for. So you, I did, people, yeah. Um, yeah, so like, I feel like a, before a and afters? nerd and a like bitter old man saying this. I think I was the first. I I looked everywhere trying to find it when I came up with that this idea and zero examples and I I was on everybody's website. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing because like even uh, and I know how good that must have been because when I first started my mixing career, a lot of my clientele w- was won over not from my portfolio necessarily, but from the cheap before and afters that I had as separate tracks on SoundCloud. Yeah. So it wasn't even like a button, but you had a button where you could just switch it over in the middle of the playback. Yeah, it was, uh, uh, for a moment there, I was an intelligent human being and I had a good idea and I ran with it. And thank God, I, I 
found people that could help me implement it. Just for the moment. I think that's a good way of putting it. (laughs) Moments of intelligence. I think we all have moments of intelligence. Yep. And the rest of the the time... We have moments that are not so intelligent. (laughs) I think the the foundation is that we're not intelligent. And then we have moments of... (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> that's amazing. That's amazing. And and uh before we get started, this is going to be a really good episode. Uh cuz um I think it's fair to say that you are a leading thought leader within the realm of audio. Uh-huh. You are a thought leader within the realm of audio as far as systems and automations for audio engineers. No one's ever called me a thought leader before. That felt nice. So <laughs> so that's good. So I mean uh, uh let's talk about this. You have a new podcast. Yeah. So Mark Abrams of PureMix.com uh, lives here in the great state of Columbus, Ohio, as I like to say. Uh, and we had been hanging out, and we just sort of had this idea of like, what if we just right now left dinner and started to record a podcast? And truth be told, I had been plotting. This has been an idea I had been throwing around for a while. And uh, my main man, Kyle uh, Whitaker, who works uh, with me, he's my my right-hand, like, manager cfo cto all of the things he's my he is my savior and uh he's gonna be helping out with that too and coming on the show we just started but it's sort of like the six figure home studio except way goofier and we only talk about being faster without sacrificing quality that's it that's our only topic I like that. So th- this is a good this is a good question to ask because I mean I, I asked this before we started recording so I might as well ask it on camera here uh, on the record. Uh, when you say mixing faster, do you mean systems or do you mean the actual skill of mixing faster? Well, and that's a great question because in my opinion they are one and the same. Tony Stark is Iron Man, but he also had to learn how to use the Iron Man suit after he bought it. Bought it. <laughs> made it something nope he didn't buy it that's the that's comes out in the next marvel uh multiverse that Tony <laughs> that's Stark when he went to the mall saw it and he was like damn I'll that's have, a nice you have iron man suit <laughs> yeah <laughs> you only have one i can afford so, it so that's i think that's true in the sense that like when i'm mixing one of the secrets that i go fast is i have a bunch of presets that i'm constantly changing and making mm-hmm. new ones my own set of presets on specific plugins so dk hi hat start and then I adjust from there. Um, so I don't have to click seven times. I click now once or twice. Yeah. Where I have a good starting point. Yeah. I mean, that's a perfect it's, example. Presets are, they get a bad name because a lot of uh, plugin companies are like, yeah, we included world famous audio engineers presets. If somebody else recorded it, it doesn't matter. That's not going to help you at all, especially if it's uh, like a, a, a compressor or a limiter or something, because there's a threshold there. And if the volume of the audio is different than with the guy that made the preset, it isn't going to work. But for you to have presets in your own studio of places where, oh, I like this aesthetic, so I always come back to this, especially if you're in a situation where, like, you know, say every record you make, the drums are tracked in the same room. Of course, you should have presets like that. So, yeah, presets, but also, I mean, there's a lot of crazy ninja stuff uh, that you can do with scripting. There are a lot of different tools out there that we're going to be getting into of just stuff that helps you move a little bit faster. And I think what's so cool about this, if you're a mix engineer or producer or anyone that does mixing or mastering, if you can get 1% faster without sacrificing quality, that's an effective 1% raise on what you make per hour. 
And if you can do that again and again and again, you can build what I like to call a systems snowball. So you build all of these systems that aid you, that take care of all the overwhelming minutia that you don't want to work on. And you build a system whose first goal it should be to be simple and easy for you to build. You should be able to finish it today and it should save you time every day from here on out. If you do that and use the time that you save to build a second system and then a third system and a fourth, you get a system snowball and you start getting faster and faster and faster and faster. If it just becomes part of your work to spend time working on your business instead of for it by making yourself a little bit faster. Because if you're in a situation where you're having a hard time keeping up with demand, or you will be in a situation where you're going to have a hard time keeping up with demand at some point in the future, those small incremental improvements can make or break you. They can be the difference between getting one more project that year or that month or that week, depending on how advanced your systems are and how dialed in you have stuff. Absolutely, absolutely. And and the name of your podcast officially is? Mix and Master Faster. Easy. That's so, so easy. That's easy. good. SEO-centric name as well. This is true. This is true. And then, yeah. uh, have you released any episodes out yet? Uh, we have one episode that we've released. Um, we've got a couple others that we're kind of working on, but it's just a hobby. It's just an excuse to hang out with Mark and to talk about nerd stuff and... You know, we think that a lot of people will benefit from this because we don't see like when 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 Brian and I did the six figure home studio, there was no business podcast in our space. And man, so this is that thought too of like I think that there is room here to only discuss this one thing where we're not talking about like the next preamp or blah 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 nerd stuff, but we just focus on this one conversation. And the idea the idea is that we're going to keep it relatively quick, about 20-minute episodes. There's Mix and Master Faster just doesn't play well with like a three-hour mega episode or something like that. <laughs> no, yeah, same. I think the original idea with our show was to keep them 20 minutes long. Um, but then I added a, we added a co-host. We added Lou. I took longer. And then now we have two people <laughs> wanting to take 20 minutes. That can go solo for 20 minutes each. So, <laughs> so it's, it's kind of awesome. getting a little bit longer. But... Uh, yeah, I'm I'm a huge fan of mixing faster, um, both in the systems realm. And you were talking about if you're charging per project, then 1% faster is 1% raise. I love that. But yeah. also in the concept of, of for your ears as well, for fatigue, as well as um, my biggest recommendation for those that are learning how to mix is you got to mix things as fast as you can. And this is a secret that I think that um, I've developed, I've heard and I've developed and I've come to the conclusion that when when you're mixing, the last thing that you want to do is be in a position where you're not sure where the song can go. And then your mixing is trying to figure out what it can do. Mm. The best scenario to be in is knowing what the song can become and using the tools that you may know, you know that can work or experimenting that can work with the sound in mind and getting it there already. You already know what the destination sounds like. And, and, I love that. And I think that's the difference between like a pro and a hobbyist. A hobbyist doesn't know where it can go. A pro knows where it can go from the get-go. In five seconds, when you listen to a track when you're mastering, right? Yep. In five seconds, you're like, I know what to do. It doesn't take yep. a 30-second clip. In five seconds, you have some sort of an idea. 100%. And that inspiration for me is always super fleeting. It's always gone. 
Like yep. in 30 minutes to an hour, it's gone, no matter how much I try working on it. So the faster that you can mix, I always tell people that are learning, like try to mix it in 30 seconds, 30 minutes and rely entirely on your instincts. Mm. And that will help you become a better mixer. I totally agree, man. Well, a couple, a couple thoughts from that. I think that that is a brilliant piece of advice, DK, because your instincts are about the closest thing that you have to wondering if other people will like it. Because other people are not going to listen to the song 14 times in a row to get a feel for whether they want to listen to it a 15th time in a row. They're going to listen to 15 <laughs> seconds, and they're going to make a decision on whether to hit skip or whether to leave their finger. Um, I backed myself into a corner. I don't know how to finish this sentence. Well, I'll put it this way. My fiance, <laughs> uh, if you listen to her going through her Spotify, give it five seconds. It's, it's just skip, 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 skip. Uh, okay, I'll listen to that one. Yeah, fascinating, right? Yeah, so I think the attention span instinct, keeps dropping. Yeah, that attention span keeps dropping. And there's a great book called Blink by Malcolm Gladwell that really like attacks this entire subject across um, really every facet of, of the idea. And one of the examples he uses is that for people who work, uh, I forget, I think it might have been the Louvre in France or something, but this amazing museum and they do restoration of like Greek statues. And they're masters of their craft, the best in the world. And if you roll in a fake statue, a counterfeit statue, they'll glance at it and say, fake. And if you ask them, well, how did you know? And be like, I, I can't explain that to you, but it is a fake. I guarantee it. And it will end up being a fake. That's, that's so true about, I think, everything. When you do the same thing again and again and again, you get your 10,000 hours in. That's another uh, Outliers, another book by Malcolm Gladwell that talks about and popularized this idea of it takes 10,000 hours to, to hit mastery. 10,000 hours, I, I would tend to disagree with. Because 10,000 hours, if you only spend 10% of your time doing the magical thing, having that mixing with instinct thing, if you only spend 10% of your time doing that, then you need 100,000 hours. Because there's all this work around your area of genius. So what you need to do is build systems so that you can walk in, sit down, drop into flow state, finish your work, and go home. Flow state, flow state, flow state. That's, that is the whole point of systems, is that you walk in, get to your wheelhouse, do the thing that you do well, that, that takes your heart and soul to do, and move on to do the next thing. All of that other garbage that you have to do, labeling tracks and importing them and dragging them because I can't afford an assistant, blah, 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 blah. All of that stuff is making you worse at your craft because it's distracting you from doing the thing, which is doing the thing that you do best and getting awesome at it. So I'm, <laughs> I'm kind of all over the place with this idea, but I'm super jazzed about this for everybody, not just mix engineers, but I think same thing for a photographer. When photography went digital, People got to be, I think, arguably better photographers because they had a faster feedback loop. They could take a picture and be like, oh, that's a good picture, or oh, that's crap. Let me take that again, rather than, okay, let me um, finish this roll of film and then take it to the store, and then if I'm, uh, you know, money in an hour later, I'll get it back, and then hopefully I can, it's not a good feedback loop. Anyways, I want to shut up. <laughs> I'm talking No, but I, I think that's a good point because um, even, even within my realm of stuff, so I don't know if you knew this, I, I talked about this on the show before, but in 2020, I mixed and or mastered 1,019 records. 
So like it was like a solid 800 records that I mixed and mastered and or I didn't master it and I'm or I mastered as well. And then uh, like 200 records that I just mastered or something like that. Wow. And it was 1019 records at the end of the year. And a lot of that, and I'm not saying that I'm a math, like a, a systems genius. I would say that a part of it, a big part of it is that I'm just fast with computers. Like I'm one of those freaks where I type 110 words per minute and like, I'm really good with my mouse and I like, my computer is blazing fast and like, make sure like I'm running, you know, like yeah. I'm a total, I'm not quite Gen Z, but I'm at that level of adequacy You're an athlete. on computers. Yeah. You're I'm, computer I'm a computer athlete. athlete. There you go. That's athlete. a good way of putting it. <laughs> and then, uh, um, but I did have, I had like my wife was prepping sessions because by the time I got to like March, April, I had hit like 300 out of like freak whatever. And then by then it was like, oh my gosh, at this rate, if I push a little bit harder and keep going, I can get to a thousand at the end of the year. And, wow. I, and first off, I, I like almost lost my soul over it. Like I almost quit music. I don't recommend I doing feel that. that like, dude. It is not fun at all. Uh, but I got my hours in, had, had my wife was prepping sessions. I had like two or three producers that were like partially mixing things for me. So I had less tracks to look at when I got to it. Like I had, it wasn't like computer scripted systems. I used bounce Butler like crazy during that year as well. Like nice. It was, I just, I don't know how I got through it, but at the end of the year I got through it and then it took me six months to recover and like, like music again. Uh, <laughs> so I don't recommend that speed and that much dedication, but a big part of it, the fact that I was able to do it shows a lot about systems because there's only 24 hours a day and I had, yeah. I had a kid, you know, I had a kid and I had a wife and I had to spend time with them. So finding that balance between getting these, I think it's like 2.8 songs done a day and <laughs> for seven days a week. And granted, I took a couple of days off to for sure. So trying to get that system down, like that made the world. And for me, like that was a thousand songs of straight practicing. Like you said, mm. like I was not prepping at all. I couldn't afford to spend time prepping anything. I couldn't afford to spend time emailing, emailing anybody or like texting people or like yeah. sending, like, you know, I couldn't, everybody else had, somebody else had to do that for me. Um, and that was, and I got to, I got really good at my craft because I did nothing but the actual essence of my mm. craft. Preach. That's so good. <laughs> Yeah, that so, so you would get to a theoretical 10,000 hours way faster than somebody else who is trying to who's doing all the extra stuff that doesn't make them a, a good mix engineer. There's a great idea um in economics called opportunity cost and it's this concept that for everything that you do or money that you spend on something you could have spent it somewhere else. And what you could have done instead is your opportunity cost. So you spent 20 minutes prepping a session, but someone else could have done that for you. And the opportunity cost is you did not spend 20 minutes in your area of genius getting mastery, like really doing the thing that you do well. And I think we all lie to ourselves. I, I know I did a lot and still do thinking – trying to convince myself, yeah, but like, I'm really an, I really do everything well. And that's really the brand is that I'm awesome at everything. <laughs> and that's so silly. I used to do that because I didn't feel safe, man. Like I hadn't worked through my trauma and I didn't feel safe as a human. And so I just wanted to believe I was awesome at everything. And yeesh. My wife move. and I, my wife and I, we joke and call that oldest child syndrome. So we're both the oldest children in the family. <laughs> 
where if 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 we also, didn't do it ourselves, if we didn't do it ourselves, then someone younger than us is going to do it, and we're going to get in trouble for it. Like that's yeah. <laughs> so it's like this this thing where this underlying need to we need to be the ones to do it. If we don't do it, it won't get done right. And I still struggle with this and getting to the point where. Um, Lou and I, we've been talking more about like with the studio, like owning the studio, which is separate from mixing and mastering specifically. Like we've gotten to the point now within the last month, we finally figured out we delegate almost everything. Mm. Neither of us have to be here in the studio, but it took a dang year. It, it took a year before we figure. And honestly, it wasn't even partially. It was training them, making sure we had the right people. But I would say like a solid 50% was our pride. Like mm. just being willing to let others do it and make mistakes, even if they're ones that we've made before. It's the age-old classic uh, concept of if you want something done right, do it yourself. But at the same time, you have to learn to trust your team in order to say, hey, you've trained them well enough to be able to do it right. Yeah. There's if a- you want something done right, do it yourself. But if you want a business that can grow and allow you to have vacations. Learn to delegate. Health days. Yes. <laughs> Learn to delegate. Learn to, and I think this is where the the whole conversation about systems gets interesting. Is I think most people when they hear systems, they think, "Oh, you mean just you're going to totally automate it with AI? Like you're going to remove the creativity from it?" No, no. <laughs> that's Absol- actually the opposite. <laughs> it's the opposite. It's completely the opposite of that. We're going to remove all the non-creative stuff so that you can just focus on the creative stuff. And man, that that could take two forms. One. It could be that we create systems that allow you to remove tasks that you don't like doing. Um, Bounce Butler is a perfect example of a system like that, that I sell. Here's a system from Chris Graham Mastering that I used for 10 years before I finally realized, like, oh, I should probably make this into software that other people can use for money. Hey, that's a great idea. So that system means that you don't have to bounce anymore. You put your, your session files in, you tell it to bounce, it texts you when it's done. And if weird stuff happens with Pro Tools or whatever doll you're using, Bounce Butler uh, is always getting smarter and learning how to be like, oh, this is weird. Okay, there's a weird plugin that's incompatible. I will click through that because I'm a smart AI and I'll just let him know at the end. I'll show him a screenshot of it. So that's a system that can remove a task. Now let's get to the good stuff. A great system also can make a task simple enough that you can delegate it to a to someone that's easy to find not to this one in a billion assistant where you ha- they have to be a genius and they also have to have um daddy issues and they also have to be super poor and willing to work 90 hours a week um and live in someone's like garage basement thing when you start to systemize, you can, be, you can build systems that will make the work more consistent no matter who is doing it. And I talk about this all the time with, with people I coach, people I work with, is when you build enough systems that you can delegate it to somebody else, now you don't have to pay them for their inefficiency. They will work less time for you and be able to accomplish more. And man, where this gets so exciting is that's how you traditionally would build a business. It's not about automating every task so that you have no work to do except press a giant red button every morning when you wake up. That's not the goal. The goal is creative freedom. And if you learn how to delegate, 
and by learning how to delegate, Lou, you, you brought that up and that's, that, was, that was bang on, learn how to delegate by building systems that make complicated tasks less complicated. Oh, yeah. So I love that, man. I'm just, I want to I just. Scream it from the rooftop. Scream it from the rooftops. But also, I know that there's more to understand than what I understand in this topic. I know this philosophy of like what, what you said, DK, of like addressing your own ego and finding a way to grow your team and invest in other people in a way that honors them where they, where they will graduate someday. Hopefully not like in this stupid intern model of like in 90 days or whatever it is. Like why would, what is, the, it's really hard to have any value for someone that's going to come and work with you for 90 days. Any lasting value. But yeah, so I'm, I'm just sort of obsessed with this idea of systemization could mean remove the task or it could mean simplified enough that anybody could do it. And here's the thing. We've all seen this in the past. McDonald's, Burger King. Dairy Queen, like Walmart, they all have systems that allow them to do amazing things with people that are that have had less time to master their craft. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. I think this is huge and I think there's uh I want to hear a couple just a couple pointers for anybody listening right now. What are some practical things that people can do right now? or at least think about that may work in some situations for some people? Great question. So I think, I think I'm, I'm, I'm not done with this yet, but I'm building um, a systems course. It's a coaching program. And what I'm going to be teaching in this um, is like, it's, it's gone going right now, but it's really limited access. I'm going to let a couple people in. But the general idea in there is that there are seven baby steps to systemizing your business. I'm not going to share all seven right now because I'm, I'm still massaging them. But the first step in the baby steps to systemize your business, the first step is schedule time every week to work on your business, not for it. And for me, I think Wednesday at noon is a perfect time to do that because it's halfway through the week. If you're taking the weekends off or working differently on the weekends, whatever, Wednesday at noon is your halfway point. So schedule two hours, Wednesday at noon, do no client work, and just focus on making your business run more smoothly. Start to build a system snowball so that that system allows you to master your craft faster and have time to build other systems and to just dig, 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 until all of a sudden you're moving faster than you ever dreamed you possibly could. And this is exactly what happened to me. I, I'm not going to get into my whole like origin story here, but I really wanted to be a stay-at-home dad, and I really didn't want to have a boss. So I had to start a business, and that business was a mastering company. And I had to build systems in order to be able to keep both of those dreams. And once my system snowball got rolling down the hill, within a couple years, I was wildly better at mastering than I ever hoped to be and wildly faster than I ever dreamed I could be. And it was just, you have to, I wish I had something more elegant to say here, but to experience your own potential, you have to break it off in small chunks. You have to get faster in some areas and be able to focus on your area of genius more often 
where you start to see interest. You start to see um, compounding interest towards mastery with all of this stuff. And you know, I if this sounds all over the place, it's it's sort it's it's because it kind of sort of is. I did all these things and systemized the crap out of my business and went from working like 70 hours a week to like 10 or 15 and grew the heck out of the business and was delivering way better work than when I was working 60, 78 hours a week. I did all these things and now I'm trying to figure out how to teach them. And that first step is schedule time to work on your business, not for it. There's no like, I'm kind of tired. I don't feel like working anymore today. So I guess I'll work on systems. No, bro. You got to be smart. You have yeah, working to on systems, fresh. I feel like, is like the most exhausting thing. It is exhausting. Yeah. yeah doing it afterwards is not. Yeah. Not doing it. it at five o'clock on a Friday is not going to work. You got to be fresh. You got to be just getting off of lunch. For us, it's, uh, it's Mondays at the studio. I love that, man. Tell so me that's about why that. we do all the podcast recording on Mondays. It's the day that we're not doing any mixing. I'm not doing any mixing. We're not really doing any. There's like one or two sessions that we'll like let the interns and the assistants take care of. And we have our meetings. We get together, talk about money, finances, our plan for the day, for the week, for the month, goals, that, whatever. Man. And I think that that's important. It's, it's incredibly important. The um, system. Yeah. That in itself is a system. Like, let's talk about it. Like some things that come straight off to my, like there's a book for our work week, which I'm, I know that you've read as well. Oh like, yeah. For our work week is a great book for like some basic references to ideas. Like it's a great catapult of ideas for some things that may work in your business. I mean, something as simple as is, is taking the time to properly put together, maybe on, on your systems day, you want to post on Instagram or post more content. So once a week you go on later and schedule out seven days worth of postings in a span of 20 to 30 minutes instead of spending 20 minutes a day, once a day, and then going through your, getting stuck in the phone feed and going through your phone because you're already on Instagram, you know, totally. or uh, um, getting the link in the bio really right or your, your, your website better, which is a huge thing, like collecting potential clients through websites or how about this, building and using, sending out emails to your email catalog, to your email list, instead of just not using that son of a bitch. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> Stop like, it, you're hurting me, DK. <laughs> like, but I mean, these are great ways that, like I'm just trying to get the ball rolling because I'm not yeah. perfect with these things either. Like I should be using my email list a lot more than I am, for example, right? But these are things that are more systems-based rather than the sitting down, answering emails. Yep. And, uh, um, responding and like working for clients. Like that's something that is not going to necessarily increase the speed of your business. You're just yeah. doing your business. Well, and I think where that gets painful, I think where that gets painful is if you're not scheduling time to work on your business instead of for it, you don't do what you think you do for a living. Your actual job is putting out fires. You are reactive 100% of the time. And when you're doing a project for a client, you're just doing it to get them off your list so you can get onto the next project that you're going to do at the same speed and you're going to have the same problem. And it's, that's, not a, that's not a great vision for your future. What does that look like after five years of that grind? You're, look, you're going to be miserable. You're going to have a giant beer belly and be balding like me. And I don't have a beer belly. I have like a tortilla chip belly. I don't like beer, but I love me some. Tortilla. I, don't, I, don't I don't have a Taco Bell belly. <laughs> nice. Yeah. 
Although I don't know if stress leads to baldness or else I'd be really bald. <laughs> <laughs> You're still young. You've got time. Oh, uh, I don't know. I got that Asian thick island boy hair. I could bleach it with like <laughs> volume four bleach and still <laughs> still not be worried. I love that. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, no, but uh, no, but like stress for real. That's a big thing, and and I think that the biggest thing for me is this has taken a long time, and this is something that Lou and I have a lot of conversations about. Because Lou, right now, if I may spill the beans a little bit, Lou is preparing to officially like be married to his fiance of now almost eleven years. Congrats! Yeah, yeah. we celebrate eleven in uh, November. Well, not fiance for eleven years, but been together for eleven years. Yeah. Fiance for the last year. Congrats, Lou! That's like, awesome, man. Thank you. Yeah, I uh, proposed to her in Italy just before COVID, and then COVID. There you go. <laughs> uh, and then uh, they're also like uh, talking about eventually wanting to start a family and how much and that the first thing that comes to my mind is is that. Especially because uh, I was quick in the game. I had my first kid, I think, at like 23, 24. And boy, oh boy, did that light a fire under my ass to make systems. Because I was not trying to work 70 hours a week away from home. Because I had a studio that I work yeah. out of. And I didn't work out of it from home. So, oh my gosh. And I was going to school full-time too, which was before COVID. So this is on campus. Like, it was, I was not spending time at home. It was, it was unbearable. I couldn't get away from my ego screaming at me how selfish I am for mm. not spending time with my family and that I was doing what I wanted to do, which was make music. And although it was providing income, my ego could not tolerate it. I had to, in some way, shape or form, get my butt back home. And it was when, and this is when around the time that I started listening to Six Figure Home Studio, mm. which was a huge help because I was a young boy that, did not know much about business. I still don't know much about, but let's be honest. Like I'm still learning this shit. Let's be honest. We're all in. I don't but, think anyone uh, has ever mastered business. <laughs> you know, it's you're, you're a student your entire life. I, there's so much crap I don't know. And so much crap. I do such a terrible job on. So you're, you got, well, I mean, we, we know enough to be self-aware that we don't know anything. Which is mm. a great point to be at. Because if you don't know enough, then you think you know everything. <laughs> yeah. The, Fletcher, uh, the, uh, the Dunning-Kruger effect of cognitive bias. Anyway, but um, yeah, no, that's, that's a big thing. So Lou and I have been talking about systems, and that's the big deal with this studio. Like, how are we going to be able to get out of here? Like, Lou, if we went to Hawaii for a week right now, would, would the studio not burn down? Possibly. And I think we we at this month got <laughs> to the point where we could comfortably comfortably answer yes or at least a probably. Probably burned down. Six six months ago, we were not at that. If we had left for a week, if both of us were gone, turned off our phones for a week, all hell would break loose and and our families would be affected. Hmm. But now Neither our families would be affected nor our personal lives. And I could keep wasting my time praying, playing Zelda Breath of the Wild at home on my Nintendo Switch, and I will still be making the same amount of money. <laughs> it's a beautiful game. That is like a work of art. <laughs> I don't my know, son. man. Have you played Monster Hunter? Oh. Uh, no. That's some oh. Japanese nerds. Oh, yeah. Japanese nerds love Monster Is that Monster Nintendo? Hunter. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's Nintendo and Sony. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they keep trading places. I don't know why. They're weird. But it's, uh, yeah. Anyway, um, I went on a rant, but I think that... A beautiful one. Um, where can so people gorgeous. learn more about systems? So w mix and master faster, and where is it on right now? And where is right it now, going to be? 
So by the time this drops, it might be in more places, but right now it's just on iTunes. It's just like an experiment Mark and I are doing. Is this a, a weekly of, show? Um, not yet. Uh, right now it's just sort of like we're just going to have fun and hang out when we can. We'll probably get to weekly, but uh, there's a whole lot going on in the background uh, with other things in my life uh, that I need to get under control before I dedicate to doing anything else weekly. Right now it's just Brian and I are weekly for the Six Figure Creative and for now, that's how it's going to stay. But yeah, I'm I'm really excited about it. Like, it's just been a fun place to put these nerd conversations and talk about. Um, you know, you, you get into a conversation with fellow audio engineers, and it's so easy to be like, "Oh my gosh, yes, I totally love API pre's. Me too. Oh, let's nerd out about that. That's great. Yeah, they sound they sound wonderful. But I think what's been really cool, and Andrew Sheps has has been at the forefront of this. I think, as far as popularizing this idea of, like, it's like in that movie, The Social Network, when when Phil Parker, whatever his name is, Phil Parker, Sean Parker, that was a different show, when Sean Parker is sitting down with uh, Mark Zuckerberg and and says, what does he say? Like, a million dollars isn't cool. You know what's cool? A billion dollars. And I love I love that nerdery, but to be able to apply this and be like, yeah, the API is cool, but, like, I found a way to save 10 minutes on every song I mix. Look what I'm doing. How cool is that? Like, I get to hang out with my kids for 10 more minutes. For every song I, I mix, I get 10 minutes that I wouldn't have gotten with my kids. G- good golly, Miss Molly, or with your fiance, Lou. And and oh, to yeah. be honest, uh, sp- saving 10 minutes on your mix or master is going to make you more money than any pre in the world. Yeah. Yeah, your, your return on investment... Your ROI for I'm going to buy this new compressor uh, is not as good as I'm going to work on my business, not for it, every day, every Wednesday at 12 o'clock until 2 o'clock. Like, that's your best investment. Not just for mixing businesses, not just for mastering businesses, not for people with recording studios, for every small business owner on the planet, that makes sense. And the ones that are doing really, really well are already doing this. You guys already do this. This is the secret sauce. You have to carve out time to work on your business, not for it. And what you do when you're working on your business, not for it, is you build systems that will continue to operate while you are doing the other stuff for your business tomorrow. Uh, I want to take this moment to quickly shout out our sponsors. Thank you so much to Isotope for sponsoring the show. Isotope has been a longtime sponsor for us, and uh, we love them. Lou and I use them on every single mix um, and everything from their tonal balance to their ozone mastering suite options to their mixing neutron options. Um, we love the Isotope stuff. If you go to isotope.com backslash MM podcast, you can get 10% off any purchase, or you can get, and or you can get your first month free for the monthly subscription where they're everything bundle. I think it's like the production bundle, uh, about 25 bucks a month. You get everything free, first month free for start your trial there. Go to isotope.com backslash MM podcast. And if you're okay. having issues with noise in your recordings, definitely go over there. Their noise reduction stuff is bananas. Dope. The yeah. RX, I think it's like RX8 right now, the 8th yeah. generation. It's so good. Yeah, I've, I, I do have a lot of experience with RX. That's like the main like isotope product that I've used, and it is. it doesn't make sense how effective it is. <laughs> <laughs> There's a few plugins like that. 
Uh, but I use, from Isotope, I use a lot of, like, the two that I use for sure is I use Insight for loudness, mm. um, which is just, it's just a loudness monitoring thing, and then a great one. Um, and Tonal Balance, which is my favorite uh, tonal, like, Tonal Balance Control, which is my favorite EQ spectrum curve kind of uh, frequency analyzer. That's cool. Which is my, at least the one that I'm most used to, right? Everyone acts a little bit different. This one is a little bit more... It takes the average over a course of like five to 10 seconds of time that you can set. So instead of having like immediate peaks that are like always w- wiggling around, it's like more of like a generic form that oh, shows cool. you. So I, I use that on every mix too. The isotope is amazing. So yeah. Nice. So on that note, also, this is not one of our sponsors, but since you're on the show, let's talk about Bounce Butler. Okay. Fine with me. Let's, uh, uh, for this specific show, uh, we're sponsored by uh, Bounce Butler. <laughs> tell us about Bounce Butler. Right, man. What's so, his name? That's his name. Bounce the, Butler. The ba- Say it again. Is it, yeah. Is it not Jenkins or anything. <laughs> Jenkins. No, his his name is Bounce Butler, and uh, so the idea for Bounce Butler came to me uh, shortly before uh, I had my first kid, and I recognized that my current work schedule plus a baby was not going to work well. And I read a, a little bit of the four-hour work week. I read chapter five, which was the 80-20 principle. And I started thinking about like, man, if I really wanted to be more effective and be more efficient, like what is the 20% that I could focus on that would give me 80% of the results? And it hit me like a ton of bricks. It was systems, dude. You need to systemize your file uploading, your file downloading, your file labeling, uh, your file importing, you need to have systems that are smart enough to know like, oops, this file is clipping, automatically send an email back to the client so that they can upload a file that is not clipping so that their record doesn't sound like garbage. So there were all these things that I started building. And the first thing I started building was Bounce Butler because back in the day, I would master, let's say, I think back then it was around 10 or 12 songs a day. And I would finish for the day and then I would sit down and bounce each one of those sessions. I would batch my work so i'd focus on mastering and then i'd focus on bouncing but bouncing i don't know how i don't know why always seemed to happen during dinner so it was like okay i've got like a good hour of bouncing that i need to do and so i'm running back up back and forth upstairs downstairs trying to make sure my bounces are done and it's screwing with my my dad game and it just hit me like i need to solve this problem so this is weird. I'm going to learn how to code. And I kind of went bonkers and I put in thousands of hours, uh, mostly in my free time. And I figured out how to make like this little AI where you'd be like, Hey, bounce Butler, I've got these 12 sessions. Can you bounce them off for me and text me when you're done? And then I'd go upstairs and I'd eat dinner and then I get a text at some point later on in the afternoon or the evening hey, your bounces are done. I'd walk downstairs and everything was perfectly bounced and I would send it each to the client. I'd send each file to the client. Eventually, I made a second app that's not as sexy called Send who was a friend. He was friends with Bounce Butler and I could push a button and if I had worked for 12 clients that day, Send was smart enough to take all the files, put them in the right, fo- the right folders and email links to the clients. And when I got those two systems built together, it was unbelievable to be like, ah, it's three o'clock. I'm done. <laughs> I'm going to go hang out with my kids. And so Bounce Butler, I tried to like give it away for free 
in like 2011, 2012, somewhere around there. But I didn't have any audience. I didn't know. Uh, I didn't know how to find people that would benefit from that. So eventually, it just sort of like the public version just sort of rotted, and eventually, I took it down. And when the podcast took off, I like mentioned this story in passing. I forget to who, and all of a sudden, I started getting calls from people that were like, uh, or, or DMs from people like, "Hey, uh, could I get that bounce baller, please?" Uh, and then people started rushing me. They're like, "Dude, I have a hundred bounces to do next week. Could you please?" please make sure you release it in time. And so I started doing it and I, I've spent way too much time making it way too perfect. And eventually uh, I won't say who it is, but eventually I, I knew I had a hit on my hands because this guy who mixed like 70% of my favorite records as a kid started using it. And then one night uh, I rolled out an update for bounce Butler and I broke it on accident. And I got an email from him in like 10 minutes just filleting me. He's like, I depend on Bounce Baller. You can't just roll out an update that I have to update and you're forcing the update. And then that, like, he just lost it on me. And at first I was like, oh my God, what did I do? And then I realized I was like, he's addicted. I've made <laughs> some products. Got him. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, he's, he's fiending for this thing that I made. And, like from there, it was just sort of all downhill. I eventually brought on uh, Kyle uh, to be my assistant, and he's been moving through the ranks. Well, well, hold on, hold on. Wait a second, wait a second. I, w- I have a question yeah. on the. Go for it. I want to clarify. It's all downhill because I think I'm always confused by this. When you say it's all downhill, does that mean it's getting worse consistently, like it, in a it, graph? It's getting easier. Or is it easier because you're like on a bike going down a hill? Exactly. You're, okay, you're on a bike good, going good. down a hill. I guess that's the source of the illustration. I've also wondered this strange thing of like going downhill is like a really good thing unless it's say like an avalanche. Like, Because I always thought like going uphill was the good thing because it's like when the stock market goes up or like when graphs go up. It's anyway. true. Up is good unless there's a hill involved. And you're on a bike or something. And you're on a bike. <laughs> well, yeah, or a like gas a, guzzler. Or a gas guzzler. Yeah. Or a Flintstones. Sorry, I totally, Damn. totally went on a major <laughs> tangent. But keep going, keep going. You got yeah, an assistant. So I got an assistant. We started rolling updates for this thing. I was having mad. Uh, oh wait, no, no, no. I was healthy at this point. This is actually before I got an assistant. So I, I had taken this thing to market, and I had released it, and people were downloading it left and right. I hired Kyle, taught him a bunch of my ninja tricks, and he started adding features to Bounce Butler. And rolling updates. And Bounce Butler just got smarter and smarter and smarter. And then I would have an idea. I'd be like, God, let's, let's, do, let, let's do this. Let's add this feature. And we hit this snowball where all of a sudden it was like, well, cool. We spend a little bit of time every week working on this project. And it's getting better and better and better. And it's going, I don't know if the word viral is right. It's not like I make millions of dollars on Bounce Butler. But a lot of the busiest mix engineers in the world use it. And why not? Like to save yourself 10 minutes a day is a big deal. But if you're a big mix engineer and you're mixing two, three yeah, songs I don't a day know. plus stems. Bounce Butler doesn't ever send me, save me just 10 minutes. I mean, it's substantially <laughs> more than that. I feel That's like. That's awesome. Like, as I, I think that, you said, man. like, as you said before, like, I'm able to have full on meals with my family when I use bounce Butler, like it's not a 10 minute thing. I don't know if it'd be worth it. If it was 10 minutes, it just saves me substantially more time. Yeah. Well, I, I, it's been so cool to hear that. Like I've, 
I've gotten so many messages from so many people that are like, I remember uh, you're friends with Jesse Ray, right? Yeah. Jesse Ray Answer. Yeah, like I'll never forget when he sent me like a DM or a Instagram story or something, and it was him holding his baby, like his brand new baby girl, and Bounce Butler is in the background <laughs> bouncing. <laughs> I was like, yes, I did it. I helped a human. This is great. So yeah, it's it's uh, yeah, it's a system. It, something like that. It's exp- it's a little on the expensive side as far as audio software goes. It's a lot on the expensive side, but if you are in the right market for that, if you're having a hard time keeping up, you buy when you buy a system off the shelf that has an immediate return on investment in your time, you get a raise instantaneously. And I think to to sort of put like a a word virus out there like this infectious idea that has has dramatically improved my life when Henry Ford was building Model Ts in Michigan in the 1920s. He invented the assembly line. And they went from like building a car a day to building a car like every 20 minutes. And one of the things that he says in his autobiography that just absolutely wrecked me, he said, when you have a task that is inefficient and you continue to do that task without creating a system or an automation to make it more efficient, then you will pay an inefficiency inefficiency tax every time you do that thing. So for me, uh, when I'm bouncing, if I'm bouncing one at a time, that's inefficient because Bounce Butler is a thing. So you don't have to use Bounce Butler, but you will pay an inefficiency tax in your own time Every time that you sit down and do like one of these bulk bouncing marathon sessions, or if you're a little bit better off, your assistant's going to do all the bounces for you, and you're going to pay him a lot more than you're going to pay Bounce Butler. That's not efficient. And guess what? The assistant's going to make mistakes. Bounce Butler's got AI and stuff. Like he, he's very consistent. <laughs> My favorite part is when he texts me. And he's like, your browsers are done. I have a confession. It's not that ba- we never got that part working. It's literally me texting people manually. Huh? Like, no, it, no I'm kidding. I was, I was like, what the heck? No. <laughs> I'm going to start replying. Yeah. If I don't know if it's live right now, but if you reply, he might interact with you. Like there's, there's some stuff. What's your favorite part. Ninja Turtles episode? Go. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't, th- I don't know that he's that, he's not very talkative. He's not Google. You gotta have, he's you gotta have Google. like one or two little like, like, uh, what do they call them? Easter eggs? Like about something so random. Like if he tells Siri to make a beat. Wait a second. It. Have you guys never Hold tried on. that? Have you? Oh have, my gosh. Dude. Can we do it right now? Hey Siri, make a beat for me. Hey Siri, can you make a beat? Hmm. I don't have an answer for that. Is there something else I can help with? Hold on. You mean like, tell me a poem or tell me a joke? Hey Siri, can you play a beat? Now we're just trying this out. We're just. The like show is not brought notes. to you by Apple.com. Hey Siri, play a beat. <laughs> Nothing. I was just playing a song. <laughs> <laughs> well, typically speaking. Before we speaking, get copyright stricken, take that off. <laughs> Typically speaking, uh, Siri will go, 
How about this? Boots and cats and boots and cats and boots and cats. I can switch it up. Cats and boots and cats and boots. <laughs> no, that's wrong timing. <laughs> it's so good. I love that. Yeah. Anyway, uh, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. We This was an incredible episode. I think we got a lot of out of it. And um, I'm pretty sure uh, just like um, you have touched our lives we can touch you in the future at AES or something like that. Yay! <laughs> oh, touching <laughs> joke. <laughs> Dude, I'm working yeah, on it. I, I plan on being at AES. Um, in the I, one in I October? Not, yeah, I have not bought my ticket yet, but I'm planning Dope. on being there. I, I got to get a couple things under control, and then uh, the plan is to be there. I was not sure where to go with that, and I'm glad that that was like the most <laughs> awkward segue possible. <laughs> you, you Which is why you heart. should not edit it out. That's the best <laughs> part of the podcast. Like foot in mouth. Oh, and ankle and calf. Oh, oh the knee just went down the throat too. Oh, gosh. That's, inter- that's good content, folks. There's uh, <laughs> But yeah, for real, um, we're going we're gonna to be out there at the NAM. Oh, hold on. This is important that I bring this up. This is important. Okay, to all the people that are listening right now that have been wondering where the heck is DK doing mixed feedback. Okay, every Monday night, Monday night from 8 p.m. PST, Pacific Standard Time and California time, on Twitch, I'm live for two to three hours every Monday listening to your mixes and critiquing them in person. So follow me on Twitch. It's twitch.tv backslash DKMixes. You can go to links.dkmixes. I'm pretty sure you could even get there from mixingmusicpodcast.com. I'm not exactly sure. We'll follow up with it. But um, go there if you've been wanting mixed feedback from me directly. Otherwise, you can ask for feedback uh, snail mail mode, in uh, which is email now instead of Twitch. <laughs> it, the snail mail is just email. And uh, that's uh, Lou and I will respond to those. And I believe that's 20 bucks. Uh, believe so. Uh, review. Yeah. So it's somewhere in our systems. There you go, mixingmusicpodcast.com, where we also have a bunch of discounts and free stuff where you can check out, including some PDFs to help you with your systems. Um, I have, I made a very intricate, like a four or five PDF page uh, that people can send to clients for how to prepare your stems for mixers. So that's been, we got a lot of free downloads on that. that like things juicy. like juicy. So mixingmusicpodcast.com for all the free stuff. And uh, on that note, thank you so much for joining us. Mr. Chris Graham extraordinaire. Thank you for having me, guys. I had a blast. Yeah. And uh, go check out Mix Mix and Master Faster, the podcast yep. on Apple, on Apple, on Apple Podcasts. And happy mixing, my friends. And stay saucy. One, two, three. <laughs>
When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com.